I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Well, before we get started, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come now to this time of our service where we open up your word, and uh, Lord, we want to hear from you this morning, so we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word, and Lord, we pray that you would write its eternal truth on all our hearts this, today. Lord, help us to, to learn from you how to conform to your will by conforming to your word. We want to be like Jesus, so Lord, show us how we can be like Jesus today. Give our... Uh, Give us hearts, uh, give, our e give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts willing to obey your word this day, Lord, I pray. And in Christ's name I pray, amen. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Deuteronomy chapter 26. Deuteronomy chapter 26. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 19, the whole chapter this morning. So we're... we're getting through this right so uh, Deuteronomy chapter 26 looking at that chapter and uh, if you don't have a Bible you can grab one of the pew Bibles there it's page 156 in the pew Bible and if you don't happen to ha not have a Bible of your own you can take that pew Bible with you that's our gift to you we want everybody to have a copy of God's word so take that and use that Deuteronomy chapter 26 you know motives matter motives matter they always matter now Mary Beth her birthday's coming up and so uh, every year you know for our birthdays we, we always go out somewhere nice to eat for our birthday and so uh, I'm sure this this uh, December 21st for her birthday or, or that somewhere right there around that day uh, we're going to go out somewhere uh, probably the warehouse because that's one of our favorite places to go but uh, wherever she wants to go that's where we're going to go and we're going to have a meal, and, uh, uh, and, and we're going to celebrate her birthday. Now, imagine if we got home and she said, Oh, thank you, honey, for taking me out to eat at the warehouse tonight. It was great. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. And imagine if I said, Well, you're welcome. It was my duty to do that. How do you think she would receive me saying, well, uh, you're welcome, it was my duty. Not very well. That's not a very good motive. That doesn't make her feel all fuzzy inside if I just do something out of duty. But now, imagine if she said, thank you for taking me to the warehouse tonight to eat. It was wonderful, it was great. I said, well, honey, I love you so much. You mean the world to me. And I just want to do something to show you how much I appreciate you. Now, how do you think she's going to receive that? Right? I'm getting some sugar. That's, a, that's what's going to happen, right? Uh, it's going to be received very well if I tell her that my motive is my love for her and my appreciation for her. Well, you know, it's, it's the same when, we, when it comes to our obedience to God and our worship to the Lord. Our motives matter. Our motives matter. If we do it out of a sense of obligation, out of a sense of duty, 
How well is that going to be received? Our motives matter. Here we're coming tonight, today, uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 26. As we've been working through this, you, you know, those who have been here with us this whole time, we've been working through Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy chapter 5 through 26 is Moses' second sermon to the people of Israel. As he is getting ready to depart, he's going to heaven. And as they're getting ready to go into the promised land, he is giving them these, these series of sermons. And this is his second sermon. And so chapter, uh, chapter 5 is kind of the intro to this sermon. He, he lays out the Ten Commandments. And then chapters 26 through 25 is the body of the sermon. And we've worked through all that and we saw how he is, is given these commandments. These are, are the covenantal laws that uh, the, the people of Israel are coming under as they're entering into a covenant with the Lord. And, and he has given them the covenantal laws and laid them out and showed them how they apply as they go into the promised land. This is how you put them into practice. This is how you apply them to your lives. And so we've seen that. Now we come to chapter 26. And chapter 26 is the conclusion of the sermon. And y'all say, Amen. Amen. We've been going through this for, for weeks now. It didn't take Moses this long to preach through this sermon. Why is it taking you so long? But now we come to the conclusion and, and we say, Amen. Here's the conclusion. But as he concludes this sermon on the, the Ten Commandments, as he concludes this sermon on God's law, he concludes it demonstrating the motives of for Israel to obey God's law. As we see in today's message that motives certainly matter. Motives certainly matters. As Moses concludes this sermon, he concludes it by calling Israel to worship and to obey the Lord's commandments. Now we see, now we need to ensure that we don't miss Moses' concluding message. As he brings this sermon to a close, Moses ensures, wants to ensure that Israel's motives for worshiping the Lord their God and obeying God's law is not out of a sense of duty, but because of God's grace. We live in obedience to God because of God's grace. That's the message of chapter 26. Live in obedience because of God's grace. Don't miss this message. Don't miss the point of this message. We are never called to obey God's uh, law to win favor with God. We're never called to obedience to win favor. We are called to obey God's law because we have already received God's favor. We've already received His favor. Obedience is a grateful response to God's grace. So live in obedience to God because of God's grace. And so as we work through this text, and we're just going to work through it because it is a good chunk of text here, we're going to work through it. But as we work through it, we're going to see three aspects of God's grace that should foster obedience in us. Three aspects of God's grace that should foster obedience in us and a sense of worship as well. So we see here, first of all, in the first section, live in obedience because of God's past grace. We're called to live in obedience to God's word, his commandments, 
because of God's past grace. Notice what he says in the first couple of paragraphs there in uh, chapter 26, starting in verse 1. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruits of the ground which you have harvested from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and, and you shall put it in a basket. And you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in the office, who is in office at that time, and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Notice that, that God swore to our fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He swore to them to give to their offspring. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramian was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there for a few in number. And there he became a nation great and mighty and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And He brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall sit down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given you. And to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. We are to live in obedience to God's word. We're to live in obedience to his commandments because of his past grace. Here Moses is instructing the people of Israel as they go in to conquer the land of promise. As they take it over, as they begin to live in it, and they begin to, to take a harvest from the, the land, what are they to do? They're to take the, the first fruits, the very first fruits of their harvest, and they're to bring it to the central sanctuary, the, the tabernacle. And there they are to worship unto the Lord. And as they are worshiping unto the Lord, he says, remember the past. Reflect upon God's grace in the past. Take time to think about God, how God treated Abraham. Remember how, how God came to Abraham. Abraham didn't come to God. God came to Abraham. When Abraham was in Ur of the Chaldeans, Abraham was a pagan. He, he worshipped foreign gods. And God came to him. Yahweh came to him and said, Abraham, leave your father's house. 
and go to the land to a land that I will give you. Remember God's grace in calling Abraham out and bringing him to this land. Remember God's grace as He promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that He would He would take the, the, their offspring and He would leave them in Egypt for a while, and, and there He would make them a mighty nation. And then one day He would bring them into the land of promise. Remember God's past grace. Oh, dear friend, as we worship God and as we live in obedience to God's word, as we apply it to our own lives, we do that not because of duty, but because of God's past grace. We do it because of God's past grace. Think about this. For them, they reflected back on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They reflected back on the, the Exodus event. They reflected on how God gave them this wonderful lamb. But for us, we're not there, right? We're not in the Middle East, but here we are as Christians. But we have a reason to reflect back on God's past grace in our own lives. By God's grace, we have been saved. We have been saved. Something that took place in the past and still has a, an effect in our lives. Even now, we were justified in Christ. Way back there on Calvary's cross. You see, we reflect on God's past grace as He justifies us in Christ Jesus. Salvation was accomplished by Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. It was then applied to our lives in that moment in which we came to faith in Jesus. When we put our faith in Jesus, God counted us as being there with Jesus on the cross, as having our sins paid for on the cross. In Christ we have been saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's not something that you did, it's not something that you accomplished. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are to live in obedience to God's Word because of His past grace. Because when we were wretched sinners, when we were enemies of God, God loved us and sent His Son Jesus Christ to die for us on that cross. Oh, don't we have reason to worship God? Don't we have a reason to live in obedience to Him when He loved us by sending His Son Jesus Christ to this world to die for us? You know, when I think about, we, we had this already, right? We are to honor our fathers and our mothers. When I think about honoring my father and my mother, it's no problem for me because I have a history with my father and my mother. 
I have a history with them because of, of how they raised me. They, they loved me and they cared for me as I, when I was a child and they brought me up and I'm a, the man I am today much of, because of, of how they raised me. And I'm thankful for that. So I have no problem as an adult to honor them as an adult. Now maybe you don't have that experience. Maybe you don't have that experience. There are many people who don't have loving parents. They, were, they have a, 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 child, a history of a, abuse and neglect from their parents. Maybe you don't have that experience, but I want to let you know that you have a Father in heaven who loved you in such a way that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, His only Son, Jesus, to live and die for you so that you might have a new life eternal life in Christ Jesus. Oh, we worship God. We live in obedience to God because of His past grace. But Moses doesn't leave it in the past. We live in obedience because of God's past grace. We give thanks to the Lord because of His past grace. But as we continue on down our text, we also see that as we live in, uh, in obedience to God because of His past grace, we also live in obedience to God because of His present grace. See, God's still working on me, right? God's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and earth and Jupiter and Mars. I love that song. I love him, patient he must be, he's still working on me. We worship God, we celebrate God, we obey God because of his present grace working in our lives as we continue down in our text. Verse 12, when you have finished paying all the tithe of your produce in the third year, so he's looking to another time as he's looking forward to, to Israel's uh, selling of the land. Now he's looking towards the triennial tithe, especially the first triennial tithe. We, we covered that back in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 28 through 29. He, he, he designated the triennial tithe and the triennial tithe. Uh, if you remember, that was a time that every three years, they're, they're supposed to bring the tithe in every year and bring it to the, the central sanctuary, but every three years, they're to collect the tithe and keep it in their cities, their, their local city. So their local community, wherever they live, they were to bring the, the tithe into the city that year. And that year, that tithe was to go to pay for the, the Levite in their area. It was to go to pay for the sojourner, the widows. It was to, to help them. So it was to provide for those who are vulnerable in the community. So he's looking forward three years, but when the Israelites do this, it's not going to be forward, it's going to be in their present, right? So keep that in mind. When you have finished paying all the tithe of your produce in the third year, which is the year of tithing, giving it to the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your towns and be filled. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the sacred portion out of my house, and moreover I have given it to the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, the widow, according to all your commandments, uh, according to all your commandment, 
that you have commanded me. I'm obeying your commandments, Lord. I have not transgressed any of your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten of the tithe while I was mourning or removed any of it while I was unclean or offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God. I have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the ground that you have given us as you swore to our fathers and the land flowing a land flowing with milk and honey. So think about what Moses is doing here. Think about what he's telling them. Yes, this is future tense for Moses, but it's going to be present tense for the people of Israel when they come to that time, that time of the triennial tithe. They've been living in the land for three years. They have been living off of the, uh, God's blessing in the land for three years. They've planted, they've harvested, they've seen God bless them in those three years. And as they come to that time, the triennial tithe, they said, Lord, we are obeying you. We're following your commandment. Why? Because of your present grace. Because you are blessing us. Just as you, just as you promised in the past, now you're doing it in the present. You are blessing us and, and we're eating off the produce of this wonderful land. This land flowing with milk and honey. We're living off of it because of your present grace working in us and blessing us day in and day out, year in, year out. Thank you, Lord, for your present grace. If it were not for God's grace, were it not for grace... Israel will be nothing. They would have nothing. They would still be slaves in Egypt. But because of God's grace, they are eating and living in the land of milk and honey. We're to obey God because of His present grace, because of what He is doing here now in our lives. And for us, we worship God. We Praise God. We obey God because of God's present grace in our lives. Some of that's the same as Israel. Man, uh, anybody lacking in here? I mean, we're going to go this week and we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. And we're going to be so full. I know I'm going to be so full by the end of Thursday. I'm not going to want to see a turkey leg for a week. Right, because uh, we have an abundance. And we have abundance because of the blessings of the Lord in our lives. Oh, we have wonderful reason to praise God and obey God because of His physical blessings in our lives. He gives us and gives to us and gives to us and provides for us. We have food on our table day in and day out. Especially us here. Right? We have food day in and day out because of God's blessings, His grace in our lives so we praise god and we worship god and we obey god because of his present grace and his physical provisions but not just his physical provisions far greater than his physical provisions is his spiritual provisions what god's doing in our lives right now to sanctify us to make us like jesus second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 
Paul says, therefore, I, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, a new has come. Dear Christian, if you are in Jesus Christ, if you have been saved, the old you has passed away. That old rotten scoundrel of a person who lived in disobedience to God, who, who had no concern for godly things, that person has passed away and now a new creation has come into being. A creation that is the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. A temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you, working in you, changing you, transforming you, polishing away spot after spot, uh, uh, little bits of sin here and there. He's removing those to make you more like Jesus. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Therefore, my beloved, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my present, but much more in my absence, Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You, you obey before, and now you continue to obey, continue to obey, continue to obey my word, which is, from Paul's perspective, it is God's word, because he is preaching God's word. Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling for, because it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Because of God's present grace, the Lord God has sent the Holy Spirit to indwell you, to live in you, to change your will, to change your desires. So that you might work and will, and will for His good pleasure. You know, the Apostle Paul praises God for God's present grace in, in his own life. Again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 9-10, Paul talks about his own life. He reflects upon his own conversion. He reflects upon God's sanctifying work even in his own life. And he says, For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy even to be called an apostle, because I, was a, I persecuted the church of God. But by God's grace, get that, but by God's grace, not by my hard work, not because of my intelligence, not because of my speaking ability, but by God's grace, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them, any of the other apostles, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. Paul says, I do what I do. I work like I work. I minister as I minister. I proclaim the gospel as I proclaim the gospel because of God's grace working in me now to make me like Jesus. Praise the Lord. And live in obedience to His commandment because of His present grace. Why tithe? Because of God's present grace in your life. Why be generous because of God's present grace in your life?
Will I live morally upright because of God's present grace in your life working in you to change you and make you a limit, limit living image of Jesus Christ. You are what you are. You do what you do. You have what you have because of God's grace in your life. Obey God because of His present grace. Live in obedience to God because of God's past grace, His present grace, and finally, and you see this coming, right? Uh, I bet you can fill this one out on your own. Live in obedience to God because of His future grace. We live in obedience to God, we worship God, we follow God because of His future grace. Let me show you this in our text. Starting in verse 16, this day. The Lord your God commands you to do these statutes and rules. You shall therefore be careful to do them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have declared today that the Lord your God is your that the Lord is your God, and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes and his commandments and his rules and will obey his voice. And the Lord has declared today that you are a people of his treasured possession as he has promised you and that you are to keep all his commandments watch this and that he will he will set you future tense he will set you in praise and in fame and in honor high above all nations that he has made and that you shall be a people holy to the lord your god as he promised in other words what moses is saying here as you enter into this covenant with the lord as you look to go into the promised land, as you look to, to fulfill what God has promised, as God will fulfill what He has promised, look to God's future grace. Live in obedience because of God, what God will do. What God will do. Now what's this based on? It is based on God's promise. It's not based on what God wants to do. It's not based on, oh, well, you know, if everything works out right, then God will, right? I can say I will do something, but there's, there's things that might get in my way. I, I might promise you, hey, I promise you I'll, I'll be at your house at 3 o'clock tomorrow and, and we can go play ball, right? I could promise you that, but if I'm in a wreck on the way to your house, I'm, that promise is not going to be fulfilled. But God, when he, God promises something, there's nothing that gets in his way. He fulfills His promises every time. And Moses says, you live in obedience to God's commandments because of what God will do, what He has promised He will do. And dear Christian, we live in obedience to God's Word because of what God will do. What He has promised He will do in the future. We worship God. We obey God because of His future grace. I love this passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. I tell you this, brothers and sisters, 
Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and when the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying. That is, then will come, back, uh, come to pass the promise of God that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Paul says, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Therefore, Therefore, because the Lord has promised, the Lord has promised that this old mortal body that gets inflicted with, with uh, sickness and disease, this old mortal body, this perishable body, God says one day that Christ will return. And when Christ does return, this mortal body will put on immortality. This perishable body will put on the imperishable. God says it will happen. He promised it. Therefore, Paul says, therefore, live for the Lord. Because of what God has promised will come to pass. Live for the Lord. Live in obedience to the Lord. Do the ministry of the Lord. Do what the Lord has called you to do. Follow the Lord. Obey the Lord. Live for the Lord because of what the Lord will do. And you can take His promise to the bank because it will happen. Why do we live in obedience to the, the Lord? Because of His future grace. His future grace. You know, many people spend their entire lives working for temporary things, temporary treasures that may never be realized. I know a man back home in Warren who worked hard his whole life looking for retirement. He invested everything he had in retirement. He lived for the day that he would be able to retire from his job and live the good life. And the day of retirement came and he retired from work. And he went home and he began to swing in that swing on his back porch. And within a month, he dropped dead. Everything that he lived for, gone in a month. It was over. He invested in the temporary when he should have been looking for the eternal. 
Don't invest in the things of this world, the temporary things of this world. Invest in eternity. Eternity is sure. Tomorrow is not sure here on this earth. You might leave out those back doors and drop dead before you make it to your car. And everything in this life, all the treasures of this world, will be useless. But what you've invested in eternity, what you've invested based upon God's promise of what is to come, moth and rust cannot destroy it. No thief can break in and steal it. It is an eternal treasure. Live for God. Obey the Lord because of His future grace. Live in obedience because of God's past, present, and future grace. Live in obedience to the Lord because of His past, present, and future grace. Live in obedience because of God's grace. Live in obedience because of God's grace. Now maybe you're here today and you've never experienced God's grace. You're still living in opposition to God. You're an enemy of God. You're a child of destruction, a child of God's wrath. You don't know God's grace. I want you to know today that God loved you in such a way that He sent His Son Jesus to live and to die for you in your place and you can know His grace today in this very moment. If only you'll turn away from your, your rebellion and turn to Jesus. Trust in Him. Experience God's grace. And begin to live your life based upon God's grace working in your life. On God's past, present, and future grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your grace. As we go out this week, as we celebrate with family and friends, oh Lord, let us not be, let us not forget your grace. Everything that we have to be thankful for is a product of your grace, past, present, and future grace. It is all because of your grace. Grace upon grace you have given us, Lord. Lord, let us celebrate your grace. Let us live because of your grace. Let us shine as a light to the nations because of your grace in our lives. Lord, let never, never let our obedience be based upon duty. You fulfilled all the duty for us so that we can live in appreciation of, in gratitude for your grace. Lord, if there's any today who've never experienced your grace, oh Lord, I pray that you would turn their eyes to see Jesus. Let them see your grace. 
What a wonderful free gift you have for them. You're holding it out. They only receive it. Oh Lord, let them experience your grace today, I pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.